0: Hi,
1: hey there, this is Holly, and Daniel,
0: and you're listening to Halfway Saints,
1: back after a week's absence.
0: We're very sorry for not podcasting last week, but we were getting ready for the world meeting of families. Mm -hmm.
1: We had a lot going on, and Mm -hmm. Holly's parents were coming up so they could watch Jack during the week, and we just, we just didn't have time to podcast, we're sorry, we had to to clean the whole house. Yeah.
0: And we didn't have enough time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we didn't clean the whole house Right. You think you have all the time in the world, and then it goes so quickly. I know. Especially when you have a little one running around.
0: hmm Tell me about it.
1: He just eats time.
0: And eats everything. Time else. and old
1: Cheerios that are stuck to oh the floor. Oh my
2: gosh, that he, was I, gross t- I told to you eat. he
1: like tried to. Oh yeah, he ate uh, <laughs> not ours, We didn't bring any Cheerios, but some old Cheerio he found at Mass today
0: from off the ground off the ground yeah
1: <laughs> yeah he just and he tried to eat like one that was stuck to the floor did i tell mm-hmm. you about that he like got on the ground and was like gnawing on it
0: yeah because sometimes he doesn't use his hands he yeah. just eats it right off the floor with his mouth
1: mm-hmm. he acts like we don't feed him ever and then he has to scrounge for scraps oh my
0: gosh silly boy but yeah major thanks to my parents for watching jack all week mm-hmm. while we got to go in freedom to uh, listen to all of the speakers at World Meeting of Families.
1: Yeah, at the World Meeting of Families Congress. Yeah. Cause some, I bet there's some people who still don't
0: realize that there was a con- there was
1: a Congress, and that's why the Pope came to mm-hmm. America, right, to, for this to the end to close out this conference that was that we had.
0: Yeah, so we don't judge us. We actually went to the conference from Tuesday to Friday, mm-hmm. but we didn't go to any of the papal events. No.
1: Cause we were we were worn out
0: I was exhausted and we
1: took we took Jack to the last day of the conference because there was a half day like all right well, he can handle a half day he was just running around the like no all way. over the place
0: he was just too excited he was about it. and he
1: didn't want to nap
0: and he he missed us because he was with my parents all week right so
1: and there was just like tons of people to smile at and other kids to play with and he just
0: <laughs> uh oh Older Asian ladies to give him raisins oh yeah this woman
1: (laughs) she made the mistake of offering him some of her raisins and he literally sat down next to her and ate most of her raisins (laughs)
0: little did she know that was a huge
1: mistake she didn't she didn't seem to mind too much she kept smiling at me (laughs) and nodding so I was like all right your choice
0: but we had a wonderful week. It and was a
1: it was a really great week.
0: Even though we weren't able to go see uh, our Holy Father in person at the mm-hmm. festival of families or the mass today, uh, we're recording on Sunday. <laughs> Just in case you guys haven't <laughs> People caught confused. on. Um, it was still like an amazing, life changing experience mm-hmm. for us, and um, it's very cool because we live. Very close to where he stayed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah,
1: we're right by the seminary where he stayed.
0: Yeah, so. But he
1: really wasn't at the seminary much. He was like doing stuff nonstop when he got here.
0: So our parish uh, on Saturday night had an all-night vigil for families where they had Eucharistic adoration all night long and papal flags outside, and they are only like two or three blocks from the seminary. And I know our pastor's real hope was that maybe Pope Francis would stop by.
1: Mm-hmm. After the Festival of Families.
0: Uh-huh. And so I had this little daydream that if uh, Pope Francis did walk in, that he would come sit next to me. <laughs> 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 Out of all the people, he was next to me. And that I would look at him and say, Father, you need to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> because he did. He, he did.
1: is 78 I was, years yeah, old and watched...
0: doing so much.
1: Well, the first thing he did when he got here, he like... He flew from New York to Philadelphia and then went straight to the cathedral to celebrate Mass. And I was watching him at Mass, and he looked so tired. Poor he was incensing the altar, and he was just like, you know. <laughs> there were some pretty weak little swings with the thurible, but...
0: Maybe the thurible's is really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't judge him. <laughs> but no, I mean, I can't imagine how it's... I mean, he's probably sleeping so soundly right now on his plane. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I'm tired just from my week so i'm I sure know. he's had much imagine. more to do and he's older i know he's a little older than we are <laughs> just a little bit
0: he's got a bad knee and
1: he's got stuff he, he didn't have a bad knee archbishop chapu has a bad knee
0: but doesn't he, he any, has can't... one lung
1: one functioning lung pope francis does
0: oh, i i knew that yeah <laughs> i looked at you shocked but
1: <laughs> <laughs> knees and lungs they're
0: no he has like a limp to him does so he? i thought that he had a bad knee oh, and i, I thought i heard someone say that he has a bad knee he might
1: i wouldn't be surprised but, I know. But Don't not, quote me on that's that. That's not verified. They're gonna, there's you're gonna be in all the newspapers tomorrow. Oh my Holly.
0: gosh, the Vatican's gonna call me and tell me that I um, am wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna say, Holly, hey, you're it's wrong. The Vatican, <laughs> you're wrong, because <laughs> that's what they do. That's all they do. They have so much time on their hands. Right. They go around saying, "Did anyone speak ill of the Holy Father's <laughs> medical condition?"
0: I didn't speak ill.
1: You spoke incorrectly.
0: Though, this whole weekend, I've been so nervous for Pope Francis's safe, safe being, mm-hmm.
1: well-being or safety. <laughs> you gotta choose one. You can't say safe being. <laughs> you worried about him being safe. You can I was, do
0: that. I was very worried about him being safe, and I was, I was just convinced that there was gonna be a sniper up in one of the balconies uh, of those apartment buildings around the parkway that was gonna get, get him.
1: I mean, did you, you saw how like how. Many police and federal agents and military people in the city. I know. It was, I just thought that if, down. if
0: someone went there like a month ago and has just been staked out there,
1: you know that's why they sweep all the buildings. I they I forgot not. about
0: sweeps. <laughs> I completely forgot about sweeps.
1: They're not. They actually closed down the like vendor the exhibitor booths mm-hmm. a day early at the at the Congress. Yeah, because unexpectedly, because yeah. I needed to sweep the building.
0: All of a sudden, Secret Service comes and says, "Clear out! We got it." Do a security clearance. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh,
1: Holly, <laughs> in case you're wondering, Holly does not work for any security agency, if you couldn't tell.
0: I, I also think that Secret
1: Service is secret oh, agent. she gets so confused all the time. Because <laughs> someone in our parish is a Secret Service agent. And Holly's like, I wonder who it is. And I was like, we probably could ask them. It's not You're not a no, secret agent. You're in the Secret is. Service. It's a
0: secret. <laughs> His wife doesn't even know. Oh, boy. I know. What are uh, you gonna do with me?
1: I don't know. <laughs> um, but it was really an awesome week. We
0: I mean overwhelmingly loved it. Amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. From like the very beginning. Oh my god. Funny story at the beginning. So the first thing why do you...
0: I'm just so
2: interested in what, <laughs> what you're gonna say?
1: <laughs> um, the first thing was the opening ceremony. Oh yeah. Which was in um kind of not a small room but like not the biggest room at the Congress. Mm-hmm. And, and there was
0: only, like, 200 seats set up. Yeah,
1: there wasn't a lot of seats. There was a lot of standing around. We went there, and um, we were looking around. We were like, oh, this is kind of a lot of people. We thought there'd be more here. Right. And so we were watching it, and we watched most of it. And then we we're like, all right, well, the first keynote is in this other room. So let's go down there when there's, like, 20 minutes left of the opening ceremony. We make it to where the keynote is, and it's, like, this huge room. It's basically two ballrooms in the... Pennsylvania Convention Center that are made into one and it's this giant room I forget it holds like 15,000 people
2: mm-hmm. um, and
0: two ballrooms stuck together does not do it justice it is like two it's like a football field yeah I would say it was like a football At, field. or
1: two football fields side by side
0: yeah because it was wider than a football field. right it was humongous. It was ri-
1: it was really big. So huge. But we walk in there and it's packed and they're all watching it like simulcast on the screens because yeah. that's where you were supposed to watch it. I guess we not supposed know. to watch it, but that's where most people watched it.
0: Because everyone didn't want to go from one entire opposite side of the convention center yeah. to the other. And the convention
1: center literally it's, takes up like three blocks in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So then we're like, oh, here are all the people.
0: Oh, well, this is because I was even as we were
1: walking on. over, they're like, oh, it's so dumb for them to have the opening ceremony here and the first (laughs) keynote here because everyone has to walk all the way across the convention center yeah
0: they are three steps ahead of us yeah Yeah. but it was it was an amazing experience and we want to share it with you guys a little
1: bit
2: Mm -hmm. what
1: so we're gonna read the transcripts of all the keynotes and all (laughs) Mm -hmm. the breakout sessions no No, no. we're gonna we'll just share some thoughts we had and
0: Overall takeaways. Yeah,
1: what we liked, what we didn't like. Actually, there wasn't anything I didn't like, so we can't really.
0: Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's true. Um, But I first wanted to talk about why, like why the church felt that we, well, this isn't the first one. Is this the the third?
1: Mm, I don't know. They've been doing it since like the 60s or 70s. Oh, well, I think then. John Paul II started it. So, right, seventies, yeah, late seventies. So,
0: like, why family? Like, why have a yeah? Whole why Congress? a world because
1: we have World Youth Day, World Eucharistic Congress. Why dedicate a triannual event to the family?
0: Right, triannual makes it seem like it happens three times a year.
1: I think you're right. But
2: it's every three.
0: Well, what about years. the
1: Triwizard Tournament? <laughs> I know. Is that's that... what I thought <laughs> about first too. What is it when it's every three?
0: Every three years
1: oh it's gotta be there's gotta be a word <laughs> for it oh, my gosh. <laughs> i'll look it up. well
0: later. you think about that um but families like i was just pondering about this after the fact and um that like Sorry. what pondering
1: i was gonna say triennial i was like no i said that <laughs> no it's, it is triennial Triennial would be every three
0: so what did you say
1: triennial
0: triennial yeah like yeah. centennial yeah. yeah yeah yes yes, yes. <laughs> Daniel wins the English game again. <laughs> yeah,
1: I win. It's probably wrong. <laughs> it's
0: okay. Sorry. Vatican's gonna call you. Yeah, they are. <laughs> like, you two
1: are on thin ice.
0: <laughs> but um so family, like everyone's in one. <laughs> um, but everyone comes from the mother and the father. Mm-hmm. And so really it's like the Catholic like phrase that like, was said a lot and is said a lot is that the family is the building block of society, mm-hmm. and it truly is if you really think about it, because if we really want to change society, you gotta start in the smallest
1: uh, unit. Unit right. Because that's where it's sort of the most basic and intimate um, societal relation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not society; it's like a familial relation, but person to person interaction. The smallest unit of that is the family,
0: right? You know. And it's the, it. Is also the most common. It is. Everyone is in one. It is. But the real thing that I love the Catholic teaching on this and was, I like, every time that this subject was brought up, I loved it, was that God created us to be brought into creation in this way that he, he could have had us just like born out of eggs or growing on, literally growing on trees, you know, he really could have, Yeah. but he had us be built into creation through a mother and a father.
1: Right, there has to be a relation, and there has to be a relationship for a human being to come into existence. Mm-hmm. And ideally, it's a loving relationship. Yes.
0: And so, why would he want us to do that, or why would he build us into that? Because we are built in God's image. Mm-hmm. That we reflect Him, and so the more that we look at the family and the way that it is designed and is, <laughs> we get to see more and more of God.
1: Yeah, and they kept, several speakers picked up that theme of the image of God or the Imago Dei. Mm-hmm. Um, and how that, I think it was Bishop Barron who talked about how man and woman together are the full image and likeness of mm-hmm. God. Because in, I mean, a one person is still created in the image and likeness of God, but it's man and woman together that are sort of the full it's exp- just the fullest, fullest expression. expression. Yeah, oh, fullest yeah. expression. <laughs> you know we're right because oh, we yeah. said it at the same time. <laughs> the fullest expression of that because you have um, two persons in relationship with love flowing between them, mm-hmm. and that's and it it's sort of trinitarian there. But then when you think of the natural end of that, which is children, you have <laughs> mind blown. You have um, like a loving, unitive, procreative communicative love between persons and that's what the trinity is the father the son the holy spirit are constantly in this relationship of love
0: that just bu- it just
1: that's builds a, fruit yeah.
0: upon fruit it's just and like- it's
1: um i think it was saint bernard of clairvaux always talks about love being diffusive of itself uh-huh. so god is constantly pouring out love and that's why he's creative because it's just a constant outpouring of goodness that has right. to it just has to mm-hmm. can't keep it in i feel he's like there's cute. like a lame phrase too good to hide it or something. Anyway.
2: Oh, I
0: don't you know I'm not good with phrases. I know, I know. <laughs> I said self being. <laughs> Safe
1: being. Safe
2: being.
0: <laughs> but um yeah, one of my fa- I will just say that my favorite talk of the whole week was Bishop Barron at the beginning. He was just like
1: He really like kicked it off really well. Oh,
0: and side note, he said everything that we wanted to say in our podcast called What Is Fair Wait, what?
1: Our our Catholic Pharisee. he he spoke um, he spoke on freedom and the law, yes. but he did it much more eloquently and to much greater effect than we did. So if you way better if you want to listen or you want to learn more about um freedom and the law and how the law actually enable us enables us to enjoy freedom, um, listen to his talk. I guess we can we can li- post we'll a link, link to or it something. on our Facebook yeah.
0: page. So like us on Facebook.
1: Mm-hmm. We can put it in the notes too or the
0: oh yeah i've never done that
1: we'll figure it out we'll get it if not me. check the facebook <laughs> we'll get it to you somewhere
0: but his his explanation of freedom and how it related to existentialism a while ago whenever existentialism was coming out really like blew my mind mm-hmm. made it just made the world where we are right now make so much sense right like how did we get here oh right back
1: there yeah and Bishop Barron writes a lot about that he's first of all very very smart but he um,
0: way smarter than us
1: is like very very well versed in sort of the philosophies of modernity and like the new atheism and where they're coming from Mm -hmm. so because of that he's better able to kind of um, address those issues and speak truth into those issues mm-hmm. so he's really great and he's newly a newly ordained bishop
0: i know we kept going on father baron and we had to correct no, ourselves i know I, bishop I was baron. thinking did
1: they have to correct any flyers and like mark out father baron for <laughs> bishop baron
0: probably yeah wait
1: because he wasn't he was just ordained like september 8th maybe so yeah. it wasn't too long ago
0: well before we get into stuff that we liked a lot because we don't really have a set curriculum here, but we just, so the day started out like how the day was at the Congress.
1: The day? There was, yeah, so there was like, four days.
0: So the day would start out, we would have a keynote speaker in the morning. What? I think this is important. I would want to know this if someone was telling me okay. about the Congress, but Daniel's telling me that nobody would be interested in this.
1: Well, no, because people have been to a conference before. They know how it works. I
0: never had. Okay. not like this All right. we had a keynote whenever we first got there and then we'd have breakout sessions that were informed by that keynote
1: mm-hmm.
0: and normally keynotes would mean that there's only one keynote maybe two but every day we had two keynotes unless mm-hmm. it was a half day which was tuesday and friday um and so tuesday was just bishop Barron, and friday was just cardinal
1: o'malley and rick warren and rick
0: warren um but the other days it was a morning keynote and an afternoon keynote and then the breakout sessions and you would have, you had one breakout session after each keynote, but you mm-hmm. had to like choose from eight, and it was so hard to choose from them.
1: There's more. Some of them had there were like, way more than eight. Twelve or thirteen different breakout sessions to yeah. choose from.
0: There were like all these amazing speakers, and Daniel and I would have to split up some days because mm-hmm. we couldn't choose, and we just wanted to get the most out of, out of our experience. Um, but that is why we would come home at the end of the day just like completely brain dead because mm-hmm. we had at least.
2: At least yeah, we had four, four sp- yeah.
0: speeches in our head that were, like, mind-blowingly awesome. hmm Because we had, like, Scott Hahn and Bishop Barron and Cardinal Tagli, which we were saying Tagle for the first time. I
1: thought it was Tagle, but then I introduced him as Tagli, and I was like, oh. Oh, shoot.
0: Yeah, so we had some busy days.
1: We had very busy days. Uh, another thing that I thought was cool that, well, first of all, When we were first there, like right at the beginning, there were so many people from different places. Like some people came from Nigeria and Uganda, I think, and a lot from South America. We sat behind uh, (laughs) some people at one of the keynotes and they're hanging a Peruvian flag on their chair.
0: Which was like right in front of us. Right in front of us.
1: And they just turned around and looked at us and said, Machu Picchu. And I was like, oh, you live there? (laughs) Because I guess there's a city around it. Yeah. And then they just smiled and said, Peru. <laughs> and we said, oh, okay.
2: I said, wow.
1: <laughs> and then they were, uh, we were sitting down, and um, these two ladies, I think they were from <laughs> Philadelphia, started talking to the people next to them. They were like, oh, you're from Canada? Like, that's so great. We met this other woman from Canada, and she was going through this whole story. Like, oh, we met her here, and they are coming to here. And then I hear her stop and go, Oh, oh, you don't speak English? I'm sorry. (laughs) Because they're from Montreal, so they spoke French. (laughs) Uh, But it was really, really awesome to um, just really, I guess, see Catholicism kind of in action. Like, here are all these people from all these different countries united in one church, you know, through, united by our love for Jesus and our love for our church.
0: I loved it. I was so happy to be Catholic.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was
0: just like, this is the picture of the kingdom. Yeah. This is it. This is awesome. And
1: especially because a lot of our friends went to really great Catholic colleges and worked for great organizations. So they've like been to Rome, been to World Youth Day, like done all these international things. And we're like, oh, we didn't really do that. (laughs) So I feel like we finally caught up with them because we saw like all these good speakers all at once, experienced all this culture, met all these different people. Um,
0: We got our Catholic cred.
1: Yeah, but it was really great to um, see all those families there and to um, to be reminded that it's not just us. It's not just the church in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. It's not just the church in the United States, that ours is a global church, and we need to always keep that in mind.
0: Mm-hmm. It was really beautiful. Oh,
1: and all of the people from Africa had, like, the coolest clothing. Oh, my gosh. Like, it seemed like they would um, – because I think maybe they make their clothes more often oh, over definitely. there than we do. Mm-hmm. So they all had these really awesome, like uh, – like, they'd all have the same fabric, but each person would be wearing, like, a different style of it. Yeah. And one had, like, the World Meeting of Families logo, like, repeated on the fabric, and it was in, like, suits and dresses, <laughs> and then, um...
0: There was another one I saw had, like, a stained glass window of the Holy Family, and mm-hmm. it said, in French, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, pray for us. Yeah. And it was, like, repeated throughout their clothes. Yeah. Oh, my it re-
1: gosh. It was really awesome. We just we just wore gingham most, most of the yeah, time. Yeah,
0: <laughs> the first day, Daniel and I accidentally wore two... I, we both wore a gingham shirt, and people kept asking if we did that on purpose in case we got <laughs> lost.
1: No, we just both own a lot of it, and it happened. Yeah,
0: we saw all these African families, and we're like, see, we're the that's, same. No, I feel
1: like that's, that's our native dresses, <laughs> gingham, gingham button-downs. Boring white people clothes. <laughs> um, but it was, it was really, really awesome to see that and to be mm-hmm. a part of it.
0: And to see so many families. I had so yeah. much respect. We. Tried to have Jack so, half yeah. day and, so and it many, failed. So
1: many families who are better at being families <laughs> than we are. When we but first they got there like
0: four kids with them.
1: When we first got there, we sat down and ate our lunch next to this family with like they had like five or six kids and like oh, yeah? one was in a wheelchair and they were all sitting nicely and like each had like one juice box, one sandwich, one thing like they packed their lunch. how and I couldn't even coordinate packing lunches for the two of us. No. Um, so it yeah, but I but we. I learned one of the breakout sessions. You can't compare yourself to other families no. because you each family is unique and in is it's it's a family in its own way. So you right. can't compare yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That that but they family. Were,
1: they were all had very well behaved kids. And ours uh, just runs around and eats things and steals toys <laughs> from other people. <laughs> he eats old Cheerios off the floor. Oh, he. We
0: we already told that story. I know, no, but
1: he, <laughs> he ate gum off of the convention. He tried to eat. Remember, I told you that because uh, he's he crawling around I over there, pulling gum off the floor. Oh my god, Jack. <laughs> you can't do
0: that. Um, but that family I thought it was really cool. They were traveling with two some or two priests, mm-hmm. I think from their probably home parish, right? Um, and the priests were like helping with them, they were like chaperoning. The it was family. as if they were like just second parents with them, yeah. And they were sitting there at the lunch, lunch table drinking their own, ju- their juice, own boxes. Juice, yeah. juice boxes, their own juicy juice boxes.
1: They didn't get. Anything special.
0: Um, but I thought that was a really cool yeah. picture of like helping out and like a whole parish right. coming together. coming together. You know?
1: mm-hmm. One of the, another uh, theme, sorry to keep jumping back between like the experience and the talks, but we're just kind of. It was a lot. It was so, a lot. Uh, it was a lot.
0: You're just going to get a lot. Yeah.
1: Um, but there were several speakers who went back to the Genesis creation story I and am. Adam and Eve when talking about families. Um, Scott Hahn, especially because mm-hmm. he that's kind of his thing, is like covenant, covenant theology. Uh, <laughs> you know it's right because he said it at the same time. Um, but that was really cool because I got one big takeaway is I learned how much this the family is at the center of the Bible, of Throughout. creation yeah. of um, our story as human beings, like mm-hmm. the story of salvation history, it's all about families and covenant. And Scott Hahn and his talk made a point of, um, showing us that a cup, co- a family is a covenant and it's more than just a contract. And yes. it's Sacramental. And that God raised this contractual thing in just in human nature and raised it to a sacrament. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, Something that kept coming back to me was the idea of the sacrament of marriage extending to the family. Yes. And how that grace of the sacrament goes beyond just you and I, like it extends out to our whole family. Because if we are, you know, uh, if a couple, a man and a woman, are the full image and likeness of God, that's going to flow out into creation and mm-hmm. into children, into procreation. So why would the grace of that sacrament just stop with them? Right. You know, it flows out into your whole family. And to your children and it's just it was just a really beautiful image of something I hadn't really taken into consideration that it's it's so elemental mm-hmm. and it's all from the sacrament of matrimony. yeah there in another talk, um, someone was talk telling a story about um, Pope Pius the X
2: mm-hmm.
1: and when he was ordained a bishop, he went to his mom and she um, like hugged him and kissed his ring and then pointed to his bishop's ring. And said, you wouldn't have that ring if I didn't have this ring. And pointed to her wedding ring. Mm -hmm. And it's true. Like, we don't have bishops without families before that. Like, we don't have great speakers like Scott Hahn if not for, uh, you know, a marriage and a loving family that raised him.
0: Well, I mean, that is true. But it also, um, people who come from hard families, too, can also be successful. Just want to, like, put that out there.
1: Right, but they need, no one succeeds by themselves. They need, yeah. it may not be their biological family, but they need a family, mm-hmm. a loving family in some way.
0: It also, like, a family was, whether or not it was, like, a functional family or whatever, there's still a family. There's still a, a son with a father and mother. Right. Mm-hmm. So a family was still.
1: Yeah. So you're correcting yourself. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make that clear. And that was another thing that came up a lot was isolation harming. Mm-hmm. Your own faith and your family. Like, we are human beings made to be in relationship with one another.
0: Yeah, there was a point that I heard that was, like, saying how solitary confinement is known universally as the the worst punishment next to death. Right. Because of that very reason. We are meant to be in relationship with each other, and being, so, like, alone by yourself in a room is incredibly terrible.
1: Mm-hmm. It- so... Yeah. And just even on like with kind of small, silly things like talking to your cashier at the grocery store, like you can make that a much better experience. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, it's not you won't feel you've missed something if you like come up from the grocery store and be like, oh, I didn't chat with anyone. Mm-hmm. But if you do and you do have a relationship and talk to someone and don't isolate yourself, then you open yourself up to life in mm-hmm. a way, you know, to interacting with someone else and to having a good experience. Like I think today we kind of are okay with neutral things. Like, right. oh, I just went out, put my headphones in, didn't talk to anyone, came home. Like there wasn't anything new or good there.
0: That like m- might not necessarily be bad, but you also avoided a lot of good that could have happened.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, a big problem is we're, we're okay with not bad. Right. And not we're, complacency. Yeah, mm-hmm. we don't look for something that's really good.
0: That's how the devil really gets us.
1: Yeah. Look out. <laughs> Look out. I'm serious. That's for real. Um, and going off of that, my favorite quote from Scott Hahn from his talk um, was he said he was talking about sex and how we've kind of um, degraded it a mm-hmm. bit and desecrated it is what he called it. Because he um, talked about how through starting with Adam and Eve, and Adam especially, he was given the role of priest, prophet, and king, mm-hmm. and that continues throughout all humanity. We're all called to be priests and that we're all called to praise and worship God, which is different from the sacramental priesthood. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all called to be prophets, to proclaim God, and... We're all called to be kings in living in the kingdom of God and going out and bringing the kingdom of God to others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we take um, sex, which should be sacramental and good,
0: holy and sacred,
1: yeah, we desecrate it because we make it something that is not sacred and mm-hmm. it's not fitting to our office. hmm. Um, and so what the quote he said is that sex isn't good or great, it's sacred and holy. I think that's really, really a good point. Because I think Catholics get accused of saying sex is bad a lot.
0: Yeah, from or the from the outside, they also think that we are, by saying that sex can only be within marriage or can only be uh, open to life For you know, all of our teaching on sex, that it makes sex no fun. And That's not mm-hmm. like we must think that sex is the worst thing ever if we have so many constraints on it, mm-hmm. but the thing is that we think that sex is better and worthy of more right than just being a dinner conversation like a something as <laughs> something as casual
1: as a dinner okay. conversation I, say, huh? I don't no. know where you go to dinner, <laughs> no. right, um yeah, and I thought that was just a really cool point, going off of complacency and just right. settling for what's good when we could really make it great. And that's mm-hmm. we've said that before, everything, everything gets better when you add Jesus to the mix and then you bring it to its fullest mm-hmm. actuality.
2: Yes.
0: Because yeah. I just keep coming back to like every, it's a new thing for me to understand within the past couple of years that like everything in our life, not only is like good in itself, But it points us to knowing Jesus more. Mm -hmm. That's what I've learned about marriage is that marriage is just a picture of Christ and the church. And when we dig into that, we get to know God better. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with what we were like, it's just. I forgot where I was going with it. What did you say right before I said something? I
1: I said that when you bring Jesus into something, it makes it better. Yeah,
0: So it makes it better because you're getting to know Jesus better. And Mm -hmm. we are meant to be in relationship with Jesus. Right. So when you bring Jesus to, into the fact into the,
1: the mix, you factor the mix. Him in, okay. if you
0: factor him in, to the mix,
1: <laughs>
0: um, you're becoming one with him, mm-hmm. which is the ultimate, is what we're meant for.
1: Yeah, it's our our end.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What we're designed to, what is it? Our uh... destiny. No, what <laughs> is it? Our teleology.
0: Oh boy, what's that?
1: Oh, telos is, the end and ologies uh, study of. So like t- a theology would be looking at something's end. Like it's hmm. it, it's purpose, it's final purpose. Right.
0: And that's another thing that we took away from this week, that like if you take the end away from the marriage or like the idea of marriage, like what you were saying earlier, it just stops making sense. Mm-hmm. So when we like fully understand that the end of marriage is children,
1: mm-hmm. and we grasp that. And not being like ceasing but like being the natural result
0: completion of it right so i think i forget who exactly it was saying was saying that but that you like a while a while ago
1: (laughs) you mean like four o'clock
0: no like when plato was around
1: (laughs) okay so like eight o'clock
0: sorry i have a cold um no but plato had this quote that he and I didn't. I couldn't write fast enough to write it down. But talking about marriage in this really beautiful way, and Plato was a, um, a pagan. Pagan. I want to say <laughs> Plagan,
1: Plagan, Because he's Plato. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Plato was a pagan, but he still understood the end of marriage as children and mm-hmm. how that, like that, to that end, it makes the pe- the people in the marriage better
2: mm-hmm.
0: on a secular level. Right. So he understood that because he understood the end of marriage. But when we separate that end of marriage, it we, It
1: gets kind of wonky.
0: It gets super wonky.
1: Yeah. And it's like, Scott. It's another point Scott Hahn kept making is that we, he talked about Adam um, naming the animals according to their intelligibility.
0: You're quoting Scott Hahn, but that was Bishop Barron.
1: I'm pretty sure. No, oh, no was that, I know anyway. it's right
0: now. I can show you right here. All right,
1: I'll change that quote to Bishop Barron. Okay. Um. And through that, he was exercising his role as. Prophet. Prophet. Mm-hmm. So was all that the Bishop Barron talked? Yeah, I didn't time? want to say anything well, earlier. Well, say it before I keep talking. <laughs> well,
0: because he talks about that too, but yeah. he didn't say it as explicitly as Bishop Barron did.
1: Okay. Anyway, so the <laughs> anything I've said, disregarded. No,
0: that's uh, not true. He. Scott Hahn and and Bishop Barron said similar things because they both talk from, they were both speaking from Genesis. Okay. And about the importance of Adam and the new, Jesus being the new Adam. So it's okay. Anyway,
1: someone there talked about (laughs) us speaking the truth as Mm -hmm. the role of a prophet um, and how just from the natural world you can tell things. Like this makes sense. Families, children need parents. You know, parents are who they're going to learn everything from Mm -hmm. and it's just sort of basic intelligibility um to show that this makes sense so like plato yeah he understood it because he was searching for truth Mm -hmm. and through that he says this is a good thing we need to keep doing this so it's just kind of in our dna i mean literally and figuratively mm -hmm. um that like we crave families and that we grow and heal in a family structure
0: it's true definitely And that's why, like, the more you look at nature, you can see more of God, Mm -hmm. because you just look in. And truth is goodness, and God is good, and God is love. So truth (laughs) good, love, God.
1: Okay. (laughs) Um, And then, this is kind of an aside, but I thought it was really awesome to see all these cardinals and bishops, and it was when Cardinal Tagle was speaking. And I forget what he was saying, but he was basically just... um, saying something about Jesus like Jesus did this and this and the idea of someone from another place proclaiming Jesus made me think of the Apostles mm. like that's what they did they just went out and proclaimed Jesus and he Cardinal Tagle is a successor to the Apostles like that's his job yeah his job is to go out and speak about Jesus and it was just really really cool to finally, be in a situation where it's like this guy is from the other side of the world mm-hmm. and he's coming here to tell us about Jesus. And that's what St. Paul did. That's what it's, Peter did. It's just... It's so cool. It is cool.
0: You know, one thing that I... I didn't learn, but that I actually, like, grasped. I'll say grasped. Grasped. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard word to say.
1: Do you want some grass <laughs> <laughs> No.
0: Um was that St. Augustine it was from...
1: From Northern Africa. Yeah. You didn't know that?
0: Well, it was like St. Augustine of a hippo, but I was like, where's hippo?
1: I don't really know. <laughs> where's hippo? I don't care. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> but I didn't really ever think about it, but just like our idea of Western culture and like all the great minds must have come from Europe or mm-hmm. must have come from who knows where or whatever, but I ne- I'd never really like understood that Northern Africa was where St. Augustine Yeah. The biggest of the big.
1: That's why, like, Thomas Aquinas uses, um, like, Arabic and, like, Eastern Mm -hmm. philosophers to, like, flesh out some of his arguments.
0: And, oh, we got to see this cool, well, I kind of got to see it because Daniel had to run around with Jack. Oh, yeah. But.
1: um... (laughs) Turns out Jack's not into museum exhibits. (laughs) He doesn't like, (laughs) he doesn't like sitting in one room and reading things.
0: But it was an exhibit about. Or on the Bible. Mm-hmm.
1: It was the Museum of the Bible, which I forget where the actual Museum of the Bible is. It's probably in D.C., but they had an exhibit at the conference.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It might be in Philly. I
1: don't think it is. Oh. We're going.
0: But um, we got to see, like, pieces of the Dead Sea Scrolls, mm-hmm. uh, some of Gutenberg's first pressed pages or printed pages. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that Gutenberg was... Not printing for very long because his banker foreclosed on him, and then took over the printing. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should fact a check. Of, a lot of, of misquotes <laughs> in this one. Um, and I got to see Saint Jerome and Saint Cyprian. Cyprian. Mhm. Uh, they're like actual translations that they wrote. And fun fact: Saint Cyprian has better handwriting than Saint Jerome, but Saint Jerome had, like, this really beautiful illuminated P at the beginning of a paragraph with, like, gold and all these flu that he drew. So he won the competition. <laughs> <of> the competition.
1: <laughs> he won Holly's heart. So
0: even though St. Jerome's handwriting's not as pretty as St. Cyprian's, the P got me. He wins.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and one, like, we'll call this a closing thought. You okay with sure, that? Sure,
0: that's fine. Well... I'm trying to remember if there's anything else about that, that exhibit that I wanted to show. Oh, oh, that it was the reason why I brought that I up know. was because it was so interesting to see the evolution of like what languages mm-hmm. the Bible is translated into and to see the ones into Aramaic that you were seeing. Aramaic. What did you just say?
1: It's what like Arabic.
0: Arabic. Was really interesting because you think about who who are they reaching to and why and mm-hmm. where was Christianity at that point? Yeah, so it's just really really interesting. interesting and especially to see the manuscripts themselves, how old they were. Mm-hmm. I think that stuff's awesome. That is cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You could say you're closing. Oh, call. thanks. Oh.
1: Um, but the last uh, the last keynote was um, Rick Warren and Cardinal O'Malley of Boston. They gave one together. And Rick Warren is not Catholic. He's, um, like, a Protestant megachurch pastor. But he was I still... read his
0: book in high school called yeah. The Purpose Driven Life.
1: Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I've actually read it, but...
0: I don't think you have.
1: Um, but his talk was really good from what I heard of it, and it was just, um, again, it kind of reminds you that, like, if you're pursuing truth and you're pursuing God, you're going to get to the same points. Mm-hmm. You know, whether or not you have kind of the... Um, The fullness of truth, which is in the Catholic Church, you could still get at truth. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's true. We're not going to deny that. (laughs) We wouldn't be Catholic if we didn't believe that. Mm It's
2: true.
1: But that was the day that we brought Jack. So I was um, basically chasing him around this huge auditorium, and he um, liked when people clapped (laughs) because he would just run down the aisles, clap, and when someone (laughs) would smile at him, he would just stop and look at him and then run. Um, He was cute for, like, the first 10 minutes. (laughs) But he was um, crawling around all over the place being, like, total scooch. Um, And I was thinking, like, oh, I'm never gonna... Probably never gonna see Rick Warren speak again. Probably won't have a chance ever see Cardinal O'Malley speak again. So I was like, oh, I gotta be chasing this little toddler around. But then, um, I think I was holding it. It was, like, the one time he let me hold him without squirming my arms. And I realized... I am the only person in the world who gets to be Jack's dad, and that's way more unique than hearing someone speak, whether mm-hmm. it's Rick Warren or Cardinal O'Malley. So I think that was just a really big grace to to have Jack there, and you know, kind of brought me back down to earth. Like, oh, I'm here to learn about families, and then know yeah. this little guy in front of you is going to teach you about families. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's was what
0: nice. that's what you were learning it all for, for that little guy.
1: All four. Oh, that is what I'm learning it for. That is for whom I'm... I'm Oh, boy.
0: (laughs) Also, well, so I didn't do very much with running around with Jack, just because it's really hard for me uh, right now, with being pregnant and tired and whatever. Um, But so Daniel was in the back before they started speaking, changing Jack's diaper. Mm -hmm. And a priest came over and asked if he could take a photo of him because he was just such a good uh, picture of fatherhood. Which I was just really proud of you. Thanks. Because, I mean, the thing is, too, that you change diapers all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That wasn't like an unusual thing, but that the priest picked up on it was yeah. made me really happy. See,
1: it's what you get for being too lazy to find a bathroom and just changing them in the back <laughs> of an auditorium. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> all the other parents were
0: doing it, too. I saw some kids back there drawing on the cement floor. So, you know. Rules weren't really applying. All right, but that is all we have to share for you guys tonight. Yeah,
1: sorry it's so erratic. We're kind of we're,
0: we're still like figuring. we're like going
1: through all of our notes from the week and it's like all over the place. So we're trying. We wanted to share that experience. So we wanted to make it hectic and erratic for you as well, <laughs> so you could really feel like you were there and running from session to session. Um, but it was really awesome. Uh, yeah, we hope we've imparted a little bit of mm-hmm. and of knowledge. This-
0: this was just our overall experience, as Daniel said. We mm-hmm. are going to be doing a lot more, like, expand expanding upon the things that we have learned. Mm-hmm. So
1: Yeah. So if there's anything you heard that you were like, oh, that would be great. I'd love to hear more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, send us an email. Let us know. Like, I really would love to hear your thoughts on this subject. Or
0: what is covenant theology? You
1: maybe know? not that one.
0: <laughs> I mean, we're going to give our take on it.
1: Right. Okay. But if you want, yeah, if you want to know our take on something. If you want to know the truth on it maybe go to someone else no
0: come on we'll give you our view of it um yeah so i hope you guys enjoyed it mm-hmm. and email us tweet us well email us at halfway well, one at a time i know sorry sorry halfway saints podcast at gmail.com tweet us at halfway underscore saints and like us on facebook
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's it that's it
0: mm-hmm. so everybody have a great week We'll be praying for you. Pray for us.
1: Bye, everyone.
2: Bye.